Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Well, in this hour, we want to talk about Donald Trump. And don't, don't touch that. Don't touch that dial. Because we're going to talk about Donald Trump in a way differently. We're not talking about debates. We're not talking about polls. We're not talking about win. We're not talking about lose. And we're not talking about whether you support him or not, whether you're going to vote for him, if you're undecided, Hillary. But we are going to talk about something that has been happening in this country among adults and among youth, which as a mom and somebody who cares about the future of America is very concerned about when I read reports like I'm going to share with you. Donald Trump's new name, Dan Good, wrote in a piece entitled Donald Trump-themed insults hurled at Latino students. Hang on. Donald Trump's name is the new slur. There were students at two high schools in the Midwest recently who hurled Trump-themed insults at Latino students. What? Using the presidential candidate, Donald Trump's anti-immigration rhetoric as inspiration for chants that were repulsive at a basketball game. One was in Pence's home state of Indiana, Maryville, Indiana. It was Andrian High School, and fans there this past Friday, held a cutout showing the face of Donald Trump, and they chanted, build a wall, build a wall. Now, that was during a basketball game against Bishop Knoll Institute, which has many Latino students, highlighting Trump's pledge to erect a barrier along the U.S.-Mexico border. Now, for the record, and for people that are so stupid, not all Latinos are Mexican. And not all Hispanics that are here are here illegally, nor are their parents. Yes, the majority of Latinos in this country are from Mexico, whether it's them, their mother, their father, their grandparents, or great-grandparents. But four days earlier, students at a predominantly white school, Dallas Center Grimes High School in Iowa, chanted Trump, Trump during a basketball game against Perry High School. Now, Perry's not Hispanic school, but it does have a more diverse student population. In other words, it's not all white. Earlier this week, let's go on. So we have Indiana, Iowa. How about North Carolina? Because earlier this week, some students from McDowell High School in Marion, North Carolina, built a wall made of boxes and blocked access to a common area on Campus. What? The students were allowed into the school to pull off the prank, and a teacher supervised them. They even posted a photo of, quote, the wall, shared it on Instagram. Their account is students for Trump, or maybe I shouldn't give that. Again, this was supervised by a teacher. Now, the comments on the photo clearly illustrate what we're going to talk about in this hour, which is the Trump effect. Now, some people say, oh, it's just a bunch of kids insulting each other. Is teachers supervising it? When I grew up, it was called bullying. 
and, and, and you got your ear twisted and hauled off to the principal's office for that. But it's doing something else. We talk about disenfranchisement of the Muslim community. Well, this is disenfranchisement alienating the Latino students in the Latino community. Here is what Marta Guardian, a Latino student at the school, said to WLOS, and this was with tears streaming down her face in 2016, my fellow American. It hurts a lot of people's feelings. They don't really know what people go through to get where they are right now. And some people are privileged to have so much stuff, but some people don't. I'm proud of where I'm from. I'm proud to be a Mexican-American because I was born here. I was taught here. I learned about American culture, but I never left my roots. We are all immigrants. We are all from all over the world. On June 12th, the Huffington Post wrote a piece about Muslim students. Listen up. Muslim students fear they'd get deported or incarcerated under President Trump. I mean, no policy of Donald Trump's has ever been as widely divisive and immediately harmful as his proposal to ban Muslims from entering the United States for a temporary period of time. In the abstract, it has prompted immense political backlash to the point that Trump has muddled the proposal in several telling ways over the past months. More directly, the presumptive Republican nominee's plank has also affected the lives of numerous students, especially Muslims, and their families and their communities. There have been reports of shootings at mosques, harassment, Two girls just having coffee, wearing hijabs at a cafe, bullying in schools, all directed at American Muslims. You know, yesterday I was taking a left turn and on the corner there was a Muslim woman with a stroller and her little one. And she was Muslim, I say, because she was wearing a hijab. And I could see the fear in her face just standing on the corner, crossing the street to go to Target. Nobody should live like that in this country. Shame on us. How many of you are African-American and your ancestors know that fear of crossing the street? Hell, some of you still do know the fear of sitting in a parked car when the blue lights come on. Latinos. Latinos for Trump. Are you insane? How many of you know the fear of crossing the street? The fear of somebody assuming that you're an illegal Somebody white crossing the street because they're fearful of you, Mr. Brown, or black man. Gay people, the LGBTQ community. How many of you are supporting Trump? Shame on you. As a running mate who is anti-LGBTQ and very discriminatory legislation that only because of commerce, because of money he backed off on, and quite frankly, how many of you have feared crossing that street? There was a time it was Irish, German, Italian, and Jewish. And by the way, if you're a white person on the south central side, south side of Chicago, or you're a white person in south central Los Angeles, you too might have that look in your eye. Shame on us. Shame on us for having so much hatred that we would cause another to have that look, that look of fear in their eyes. Shame on us for teaching our children to hate. There's a song by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, guys. Maybe you could look it up back in the day. It's called Teach Your Children Well. There's a song from South Pacific called You've Got to Be Carefully Taught. It's about prejudice. Children do not are not born with hate. They're taught how to hate. Now, there are 
physical and verbal forms of abuse. There are non-visible ones, too. Last month, the Huffington Post convened a roundtable with Muslim students and educators at the Mastery Charter School Shoemaker Campus in Philadelphia. And during the course of the conversation, the group asked, how many believe that if Trump were elected president, they would end up having to leave the country either voluntarily or forcefully? And more than half of the room raised their hand. After a bit of explanation, a student named Husna, who had been sitting quietly in her chair, spoke up. She said, I see it differently because I think about Japanese internment camps. And she said, they could keep us right here and put us all in the same place and make us suffer. I see that as a lot more plausible than shipping us out into the ocean. Round up all the Muslims. Start with where? She trails off a bit. I don't like to think about that. Neither do I. My husband's family's Muslim. He's not Muslim. My kids aren't Muslim. But hey, the name. Brown skin. Am I going to be living in a Manzanar? And that is not all. A school staged a Color Wars pep rally. Students showed up in white pride t-shirts. I cannot make this stuff up. Color wash. It was supposed to be a way to promote school spirit. You know, you wear school colors. Good-natured competition between classes at Polson High School in Montana. Now, on its surface, the concept is simple. Each class gets an assigned color. Black for seniors, white for juniors, blue for sophomores, green for freshmen. And the class with the most students dressed in their assigned color on Color Wars Day, they're declared the winner. And there's never been a problem. It's a homecoming tradition at the rural school in Montana. It's about an hour north of Missoula. But that's until now. This year, Polson High is the national spotlight. There were two students, one male, one female, from the junior class's white team who showed up to the annual homecoming rally last Thursday wearing T-shirts with Trump 2016 white pride written on the back. And the shirts whose messages appear to be hand-lettered with black marker also included that, you know, I mean, you know, Trump 2016... Fine. White pride? Problem. But they went further. They had offensive and inappropriate messages on the front. Photos that showed the front of male students' shirt covered with a Confederate flag and large red letters that spelled redneck on the front of the girl's shirt, white power. The two students were asked to change their clothes immediately. But by then, pictures of the students had hit Snapchat and Facebook. Instagram were soon widely circulated on social media, and that prompted shock and angry responses, and it went beyond Montana. We are better than this, tweeted one woman who included a link to a news article about the controversy. Don't defend this kind of spirit, Montana. Another. Horrified by the racist actions of people in my own hometown. Another. Inexcusable. And that tweet was by the principal of that school. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because I don't think that we can ignore the fact that either there was a dragon in the room that was sleeping that we awakened, or the room was empty and we created a dragon that wasn't there. And I want you to tell me. Either way, the sorcerer waking the dragon or creating the dragon is Donald Trump and the rhetoric of Donald Trump. And I want to ask you some questions. But first, I want you to hear a compilation. And I want, I want you to hear, because people say that what kids watch is impressionable. They're impressionable and, you know, creates an impression on them. You know, the games they play, certainly what they hear. My, my son said to me, no, you didn't last night. No, you didn't. And I'm like, come on, where do you get that? You got that TV, you heard it from somebody at school, right? Chill, mama, chill. Okay, talking in a southern accent. I'm up from the south. My husband, you know, you know, I love you, mama, saying that to me last night. I'm like, where the heck are you from? What are you talking like that for? 
I want to play this. Can we, Mark, can, uh, can, all right, let, let's listen. This is a compilation of Trump's hateful rhetoric, and he, he covers the gamut here, Mexicans, Muslims, women, and more. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. I would build a great wall, and nobody builds walls better than me, believe me, and I'll build them very inexpensively. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Mark my words. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. I'd look her right in that fat, ugly face of hers. She's a slob. She ate like a pig. A person who's flat-chested is very hard to be a 10. Does she have a good body? No. Does she have a fat Absolutely. Do you treat women with respect? Uh, I can't say that either. All right. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be back. you giving me time to give an angle or two, my buddy? Oh, good. Marky Mark's letting let me uh, give an angle or two. So pick up the phone and join me. We're going to talk about this. Here are some questions. One, are you concerned about the effect, the Donald Trump effect, the Trump effect and his rhetoric is having on America and on our children? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Is the rise in xenophobia since Trump began his presidential run an example of pre-existing racism being made mainstream thanks to him? Or is he creating this racism by telling people to scapegoat Mexicans and Muslims for the problems in their lives? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. How much worse could this situation get if Donald Trump is elected November 8th as our president? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Some students actually use Donald Trump's name as a slur toward Latino students. And what does that tell you about Trump, about his rhetoric, and about those students? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Has Trump's initial refusal to denounce the sport he got from David Duke, the former Grand Wizard of the KKK, has it sent a clear message to white supremacists that he's with them? 8886 Leslie. And what about Mike Pence refusing to call David Duke deplorable? 888-653-7543. And lastly, are you concerned about the effect, the Trump effect, that his misogynistic rhetoric is having on our daughters and their body image? 8886 Leslie, 888-653-7543. Quick break. Back to you right after this. Don't go away. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Talking about the Trump effect, are you concerned about this effect and the rhetoric that it's having uh, in and that his rhetoric is having on America and our children? Let's go to the calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Uh, Starting it off uh, with, uh, let's start it off with Linwood in Charlottesville, Virginia, listening on WPPC. Linwood, good afternoon. I'm I'm sorry, line three, line three. Yes. Uh, Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, uh, good afternoon, and I thank you for having me on this program and talking about this subject. Um, I was just um, 
I was just coming from the gym, and I, I listened to both conservative and liberal talk shows. And as I was uh, listening to one particular talk show, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's one of the bigger ones on Fox News, um, a familiar lady, very blondish lady, that doesn't have a clue about politics, but that doesn't matter, she said, you know, if Hillary Clinton is elected, America's bec- going to become Mexico in 10 years. So when I watched a debate between Governor Kane, the former governor of my state, and Mike Pence, the current governor of uh, Indiana, and he said, I cannot believe you would defend a candidate or stand beside a candidate that has these ideals. And he just said, and the, the news media just thought. All right, Linwood, hang on, hang on. I'm not cutting you off, okay? I don't even know your point yet. Hang on, I got to take a break. Hang on, hold that thought and continue it to make your point after this break, okay? We'll be right back with you. Those of you holding, hang on. In the meantime, pick up the phone and join us, 8886 Black. Back in a moment. There's far too many of you dying. You know We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall, and Geico has been saving people money for over 75 years. Uh, let's get to the calls. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Uh, we have a, a line or two available because some people have fallen off, and I was going to go to them after the call we were with. Uh, so, Kat in Charlottesville, Virginia, please give us a call back. And Tanisha in Ithaca, New York, call us back as well. Sorry that your line dropped. I know cell phone hell. Give us a buzz back. Uh, we will make you a priority. In- you won't lose your place. For those of you who want to join us, 8886 Leslie, 8886537543, talking about the Trump effect. Let's go back to Linwood. Uh, Linwood, thank you for holding welcome back in Charlottesville, Virginia, listening on WPPC. Linwood? Thank you, thank you. <clears throat> um, but, you know, just watching that debate and just looking at Mike Pence, the Republican Party, and I, I don't want to start, you know, getting on this, you know, Black Panther rap, you know, rant, but I'm going to be honest. The Republican Party is the party that preserves white supremacy. It is not about taxes. It's not about governments being small or whatnot. This is all about what's going to happen to a nation in whom a nation of people whom stole a nation from someone else. And they're afraid that the, the results may come back to them. The ancestors of European descenders stole it from Native American indigenous people, got slaves from Africa to work it, and now the slaves have rebelled. So the best way that this population of sort has to get its political power is using violence. Police are government employees. They're not a separate entity. So who is really behind the killing of black men in the streets, the shouting of this, the stuff that's going on in schools in which you have the monologue on? This is all perpetrated by government officials because there's a bigger agenda to be had. The bigger agenda is a race war out here on the streets. The bigger agenda is for these international companies or international corporations or international countries to declare war on our banks and our institutions. This is World War Three, my man, on steroids. 
So, you know, there was a time years ago, a professor of mine told me that with the downfall of America will be a race war. And I thought, he's crazy, but I fear what if he's right? And maybe when we look at the way things are happening uh, in America today and the fact that whites will be a minority in the year 2054, um, if not sooner, um, then, um, you know, perhaps uh, that will be the future. You know, I'm not sure. I certainly I certainly hope not. Um, But let me let me ask you this. So are you. Did Trump, in a sense, bring the racists out of the closet? Did he give them an excuse to come out because they felt they, they were, were already being, they were being I'm PC? Or was everybody there? They're just louder now, or were they just as loud? But we we weren't paying attention. What do you think? I, I'm glad you asked that question. They were. This has already been here, except for now the ball game has changed. The nation's racial makeup has changed. The nation's economic system has changed. And so now with these changes are taking place, these white folks out here don't know how to adapt to it. So what's the better way to go in doing it? Hey, listen, this population, the white population, is the most drug-consumed, drug the most depressed, the most out of it, the most crazy, the most paranoid. Now, mind you, if I was a part of a race like this that had the majority, why would I be afraid of a bunch of dark people? Think about that for a moment. Why would I be afraid? I have the powers. I have the government. I have the money. Why? Well, what am I afraid of? Whatever, whatever, whatever misconception that you have. I mean, even Donald Trump has said something with regard to uh, somebody has said something. You know, uh, Trump has said something with regard to uh, you know African Americans. You know, uh, being uh, lazy and not working as hard. And I, I think that there are people that think. That hey, if you're black, you commit crimes or lat you know Latino. I think if you're a person of color, maybe not not a Chinese guy to be quite frank, maybe not an Asian, but I think there is a an idea wrongfully so, but an idea by some Americans, certainly uh, some white Americans, and it would seem more white Americans than I thought as a white American that um, feel that if you're a person of color, a male that's a person of color, especially that you're you're pretty much up to no good. See my point. I'm trying to throw my point out there. If I have the majority, what the world am I afraid of? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be afraid of. This has nothing, nothing to do with the majority, and this is goes to tell you, just because they have the majority don't necessarily mean they have the power. What happened in South Africa when the white South Africaners were in the minority and the black South Africaners were in the majority, the white South Africaners, even with the sheer small numbers, had the majority of the power. This population is afraid of that same thing taking place. Black people in America don't have to gain a large share of numbers to gain power. Latinos have to have to gain a large share of numbers to gain power. How you gain power is through killing and destruction. This has been a power, since, a power struggle since day one amongst who is going to produce a system of justice over a system of white supremacy. Okay, thank you, Linwood. Very, uh, very interesting comments, and appreciate it. I haven't heard from you a bit. I uh, hope you'll call back again. Let's go next to um, Arcada, uh, uh, Nick in uh, California. You're not, you're, you're in Arcada, not Arcadia, right, Nick? You see, if you were in Arcadia, you'd be closer to me here in Cali. You're on line one. Good well, afternoon, well, listening, listening on KGOE. Uh, how you doing, Nick? Good afternoon. I, I'm doing well. This is, and I know it's a weird name, but and I get mail from Arcadia all the time, or whatever the place down south. No, this is northern. We're right next to Eureka. We have Humboldt. I know where you. I know where you are. I just automatically go to say Arcadia because that's closer to my studio. Well, it also sounds. I mean, it's very similar. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's Arcadia. Anyway, right, right. So let me get to my point. Um, the the caller before me, I think, had some good points, but I think he got a little in the weeds when it came to 
you know, the causes of the problems we have right now. And yes, Trump has given permission to uh, uh, racists and, you know, just nutballs to, you know, go out there and say, oh, it's, you know, I mean, there was people, you know, with uh, Nazi paraphernalia and, you know, swastikas tattooed all over him, screaming and yelling outside his rallies, okay? So we got to put a, there's a link there, okay? He has said, hey, I'm angry about this, and I talk about it all the time in public, so it's okay for you to do it. And that has damaged us as a country. And it could get worse if this person, you know, actually gains the presidency. But once he gets in there, he's just going to line his pockets. He doesn't care about these people. You know, he's like President Obama said, he spent his entire life trying to stay away from people that were, you know, normal and poor and stuff, you know. So, but here's the point. What really caused the problem originally was Reaganomics. It came in when Ronald Reagan walked into town, we were the number one creditor nation. When he left town eight years, short years later, we were the number one debtor nation. All right? And he started, technically speaking, I guess, the war on the middle class. Oh, we got to get rid of the unions. And so we went from 35% unionized private, you know, the, the not government, but private workforce, down to, we're seven or something now. And as much as people don't like unions, and boy, believe me, they put a lot of propaganda out there talking about how terrible unions were, there were Democrat, there were democracy in the workforce. You know, you got to vote for your leaders. You got to get together and say, yeah, oh, I believe we need uh, more medical, a better medical plan, whatever. They voted on it. And that was the only thing that kept the extremely rich and the extremely powerful from just bulldozing in this country. And it's gone now. And so the poor people down south, a lot of poor white people, you know, they they got to blame somebody, so they're blaming Obama or they're blaming the, the liberals or whatever. And the sad thing is Trump has given them permission to do that. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much for the call, Nick. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you again as well. I think Kat in Charlottesville, Virginia left us. So did Tanisha. Give us a buzz back, ladies. Uh, Let's go to Eric in Asheville, North Carolina, listening on 880, the Revolution Line 5. Eric, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for joining us. Um, I don't know. I I see a a cultural and economic shift in the U.S. And I don't think I don't think really Trump has anything to do with it. Um, you know, I saw when Obama got elected, and um, it, it brought tears to my eyes. Um, I'm African American, and you know, I was excited to have a, a first African American president. And you know, the first thing I see on TV is a young woman crying when Obama spoke to the children in school, crying that Obama was indoctrinating her children. I mean, that's that that's something that the president can do and should do is reach out to our children and let them know they can be anything they want to be. I heard pastors get on TV and, and pray for the death of Obama, and they couldn't believe that he was elected. And so I think it's easier to assign the fear of culture change and the fear, the, the fear of economic change to a color. It's easier to assign it to a Muslim. It's easier to assign it to African Americans. You know, what's going on with police, I don't think police are out there being racist. I think they're scared. I think, you know, they see a, a big black man, and I think they're, they're fearful, and they, they react instinctually to, to the way that they react. So I don't think Trump has anything to do with it. I think this is something that's been going on in our country, and I think that Trump is tapping into it because he knows that's his constituent base. 
I agree. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. You know, something interested you said, it's interesting that you said about the crying. <laughs> um, I have friends that have no interest in politics and they're like, hey, you want to get together November 8th? <laughs> you know, and it's like, no. Um, and people are like, are you going to, because I'm going to be in St. Louis for the second debate and in, in, in uh, Vegas for the third. And then I'm in D.C. Uh, just for a, a day to do special report with uh, uh, Brett Baer. But I, uh, I, you know, on, on November 8th, even though my bosses may say come to New York, I'm hoping I'm home. Now, this is not the only reason I'm voting for this woman, but when I was a little girl, and I wrote about this in one of my Huff Post pieces, I got this book. I'll never forget it. It's red. I can see it in my mind as I'm talking to you. Describe it. And uh, it said I could be a teacher, a flight attendant, a, you know, a nurse. Uh, you know, there was a time even that, you know, women never, you know, girls never thought of becoming doctors or police officers or firefighters. But, you know, I could not be president. I could not. There was nobody there to set that example. And, I, and, and um, you know, I was just at a parent party for my kid's school. And one of the women had said, you know, hey, I was going to have some cocktails uh, November 8th. You want to come over and watch the election? And they're like, oh, you should come over. You should come over because some of us are pro-Trump and balance it out. And I said, no. And then she's like, you're not coming over because some of us are Trump. And I'm like, no, I'm not coming over because unless I'm in New York for work, I want to stand next to my eight-year-old daughter when history is made and tears will be streaming down my face because I can truly say to my daughter, you can be anything you want to be in America because other women have done it just like other African-Americans have done it. So yeah, you're making me get tears right now. Just tell it's telling me what you told me. I, I, I feel you on that only, you know, for me, from a, a female perspective. Well, it was heartbreaking. I mean, we finally had a black president and, um, you know, you know, they're they're, they're reporting on, on on a woman crying that Obama's going to speak to her child while she's in school, and so I think all this all this is just it's, it's just fear. It, it all I think it all boils down to fear, and I think conservative yeah, and fear comes out out of what ignorance. Do you know? Do you know? There was a, a pastor once when I was a Christian back in the day. I lived in Chicago. I went to Chicago. I went to a big church. Many of you may know it if you lived in Chicago from Chicago. Passed through there called Moody. And I liked uh, Dwight L. Moody because he was from Boston, and I liked the fact that he started in a mission for homeless people, very liberal and philanthropic. Uh, anyway, Moody uh, is not very uh, liberal. As a matter of fact, I walked out of there once when the pastor was talking too much politics in the pulpit. But, but anyway, there was a guest pastor one time. He was African-American. And um, he talked about how he hated white people. And I, as a white chick, have heard plenty of white people talk about how they used to be racist against people of color. But this was a switch, and I know it exists. And uh, he said he worked alongside this guy, Tom. And he hated Tom, because Tom was white. And he said, but every day Tom would offer him a sandwich. And every day Tom was nice. And he thought it was just an act. White guy working with the black guy trying to be nice. And he goes, but you know, after five or six years, it's not an act. And he goes... And then one day, I had a heart attack. And he goes, and who's holding my hand? Who called 911? And who sat in the ambulance with me but Tom? And he goes, I love Tom. And he goes, and because of Tom, I now love white people. And he's a pastor, and he's like, I love all people. But, you know, I, I, I agree with you. It is fear. It's fear of the unknown. And I think that's why integration is so essential. Wall building is not. Banning people from religions or colors or from countries is not. 
I, th- I think that... And education. The, I think education has a lot to do with it. Right, but you got to know somebody. If you know somebody who's gay, you're not afraid that they're going to, like, you know, rape you. You know, if you know somebody who's Muslim, you're not afraid that they're going to, you know, be part of some terrorist network. If you know somebody who's African-American, then, you know, you're going you know, going to see how ridiculous it is, ridiculous that, that you feel that they may, you know, be a criminal element. I appreciate your call. I hope you'll call me again. It was lovely talking with you. Thank you. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We'll be back. And I hope you will as well. If you're holding, hang on. If you want to join us, what about this Trump effect? Kids wearing shirts that say white power at school in 2016 and their parents don't have white hoods on. Has Trump brought the racists out of the closet? Or has Trump created more racism than was there to begin with? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. That's the number. Back to the calls. I just want to say something real quick. You know, I'm a liberal Democrat. I'm a progressive. um, And there are just the craziest things out there from the right and sometimes from the left. Uh, Matt Drudge of Drudge Report has tweeted that Hurricane Matthew might just be a hoax by liberals uh, to help our climate change um, rhetoric. What? I want you to be clear. Hurricane Matthew has killed 114 people in the Caribbean and Haiti, the Bahamas, those areas. It is going to slam Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, come back to Florida again. Evacuate. Do not listen to people that have conspiracies that could get you hurt or killed. Shame on you, Matt Drudge. That was irresponsible. And I just told you. That's irresponsible. You know what? I mean, the lengths people go for attention or the lengths people go for, you know, political fodder. Is that it's just we have a responsibility, those of us in the public, online, on radio, on television, and I hope that none of you feel that um, I ever would do something like that. Uh, let's go to Elise in Richmond, Virginia, listening on iHeartRadio Line Four. Elise, good afternoon. Hi. Hey, how um, you doing? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Okay, great. So um, I think that there's been several different factors that have led to uh, Trumpism. Um, uh, one, of course, is that racism always exists. The other is downturns in the economy uh, and lots more immigrants coming in. Um, another factor that a lot of people don't think about is actually corruption in the, in the church, because um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, the prosperity doctrine. It's basically a Ponzi scheme that is pervasive everywhere and tells you, oh, you know, God is going to bless you with money and, you know, you send me 10 bucks and, you know, God's going to send you 200. Um, and, and people just feel so entitled because they are somehow, you know, these good Christians, which is actually completely fake. And I can say that because I am a Christian. Um, uh, and, you know, they, they buy into this incredibly awful doctrine of I am better than you, which is something that Jesus never, ever stood for. Um, and um, we end up with this situation where we get people like Trump who are, you know, consummate salespeople and can take complete advantage and have no scruples whatsoever because he's a sociopath. And he literally uses the same arguments 
um, that Hitler used against the Jews and that Himmler used against the Jews. If you go and you read Himmler's uh, speech about the Jews um, in, uh, it's called the Posen speech, it sounds so, so much like what Donald, Donald Trump talks about. Yep, I uh, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Michael in the Bronx. Michael is on line two. Michael, quickly. Yes. Number one, to the person that tweeted you about um, Hurricane Matthew being a hoax, here's a question for him. Are the people suffering and dying a hoax? You know, I have family down in Florida, and I'm very offended by that. And I'm trying to control my nerves here. And as far as the Trump effect goes, I am very concerned. And we touch a lot about the racism, but then also got to touch on the sexism. I mean, that's why we have Roe v. Wade in place that has nothing to do with abortions. It has to do with the woman's right to control her own body. It has a right, has a woman's right to privacy. And that should be all women. And especially if you have a wife, a mother, or a goddaughter, or a niece. You know, you have female uh, family members. And this is very concerning. If he's going to just um, overthrow that and then have no regard for the minorities, have no regard for females' rights and livelihoods. I mean, people want to keep saying we need Trump in office because he's a highly successful businessman. Let me say something straight here. He is not successful if he's going to go around hating because I think I said this before, Liz. And I said, quickly, Michael, why can't a man follow directions or ask for them? I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. I'm Leslie Marshall. Back tomorrow on Friday. Thank you to Mark and Andrew. All of you listening, have a great afternoon and weekend. Catch me on Varney and Company.